Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And joining me right now is Katie Harris. What's going on? Uh, nothing. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for being here and sharing some of your some of your uh, time with us all here. Katie, you again are a nurse and you've actually have done these sort of things before, uh, in, meaning like a podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, I start, right before I started my business, I started a podcast and the goal was to understand, uh, you know, how nurses were starting businesses and what kind of businesses because that was my first question was like, you know, I thought I was the only nurse in the world starting a business, which is ridiculous, but, <laughs> you know, without having, uh, you know, proof otherwise, it was, and that's what I set out to do is to find these nurses in business and discover what they were doing and how they did it. So absolutely. And can you share your journey and what inspired you to become a nurse and sort of advocate for nurse burnout? And, you know, obviously, I want you to tell us a bit about that. So I uh, decided to go into nursing school when I was 16. I, I had a dream and I woke up and I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. I'm supposed to do this. I don't know why. And my mom's like, that's ridiculous. Uh, you're not a very nursey type person, whatever that means. Uh, but I did, I pursued it um, and it turned out to be the most wonderful choice I could have made. Uh, nursing itself is extremely versatile. You can literally go anywhere and do anything with a nursing degree. Um, I actually just met nurses that, you know, run support groups for people who have been uh, abducted by UFOs or something like that. Like it's all over the Whoa. map. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's amazing. Uh, so there's really nothing that you can't do with a, a nursing degree. Uh, and I, but I, myself, I spent 20 years in the hospital setting where I worked with neurosurgeons and I, I loved it. I had, I had a great time. Uh, it was fun. We were like a family and 
uh, I could have stayed there probably another 20 years. But the problem I had was uh, I'm also somebody that's constantly needs to grow and learn something new. And I just I can't stagnate. I can't mm. do the same thing like Groundhog Day every day yeah. over and over and over again. Uh, and that's what it got to. Like I grew up with my neurosurgeons and, you know, they would go off and become directors of this, um, you know, directors of that and that kind of stuff. And I still had to go back to the intern, which is the lowest man on the, the totem pole, um, so to speak, in the medical hierarchy and report in and out to that person. Well, I mean, the intern could have been my kid. <laughs> you know? And it's like, I wrote the book on, literally wrote the book on for the unit of how things were done. And it just got really frustrating to have to keep reporting back to this, this intern and never being able to move or excel or, or go anywhere. Um, so yeah, it, it, that kind of culminated my frustrations kind of culminated and I started, I was just a really irritable, angry person for sure. a while and it culminated into a huge fight with one of my attendings and got me suspended and, uh, you know, I had to leave work without pay and go to anger management classes. Oh no, and, they uh, made you go yeah. into that. <laughs> What's that? I said, Oh no, they made you get into that. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it was, uh, it, it's a big deal because anybody that knows me, I'm a very laid back, very introverted, keep to myself, defer to authority type of thing. So for me to like explode on an yeah. authority figure, um, it took years, first of all, for it to mount up to that point. Uh, it wasn't just something like I, I blew my casket because I didn't get my way one day. It was like, a, a thousand cuts, you know, that, that, uh, just little things that happened. I see. So this was, us. this was yeah. like a buildup sort of thing. Yes. It was a buildup over years. Of, and... Yeah. Of multiple things. And it all sort of snowballed from there and you sort of exploded on a, um, higher up. Right. And, and on a, a really, really stupid minor issue, right? Like the, the attending, I mean, the guy was a jerk, but, you know, the attending, yeah. it was probably like, what in the world just happened? Like, it came out of nowhere. Out of left field, yeah. Yeah, it came out of left field. And yeah, that's life sometimes, though. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, when you let things build up like that, and that's exactly what I had done. But yeah. I remember going home, you know, on my suspension and sitting there and, uh, you know, I have, I have a PhD, I have an MBA, I've got three other master's degrees. And, you know, I felt like, I had put my time in and that I should, that, that should have gotten me something. And now I'm sitting here on my couch on suspension thinking, this is not going the right way <laughs> at all. Like, what was the point of pursuing all these degrees in higher education, uh, you know, just for me to end up angry and on my couch? Well, a lot, of, a lot of people do, uh, unfortunately, you know, they do worse things than what you did. Yeah. And I myself had to quit a job because I was close to doing worse than that. Let, let's put it that way. And I'm glad I got out of that situation for sure. But there's so many other Americans out there and, of course, people around the world that go through those those issues as well. And sometimes they, you know, take a harder route than we did there. And that's how you ruin your life. Again, the whole key thing, my whole point is people need a sort of outlet to get all these sort of things out of their system. And a lot of people just sort of let it sit there and stagnate. And then sooner or later, you become a school shooter. Yeah, and exactly. And I would say that my experience is kind of a microcosm for the nursing profession in general. Like we have put up with so much and it's, a, again, a thousand cuts. And right. we sit back and we're like, all right, well, I guess this is, we'll take it, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's mounting. And that's, that's the point that I'm at. I think that we're at right now right. where, you know, the nurses are just frustrated and tired and 
they're they're not taking it anymore and they're leaving in droves and it's happening and it's yeah. not because they don't care about caring people caring for people anymore it's the, the pure frustration of of the experience of being a nurse especially right now and of course i'm sure things got even further complicated once covid was sort of uh, in the mix here and, and i'm sure lots of nurses were overwhelmed during that time and i'm sure you know more than uh, we do about that yeah, I mean, COVID was the straw that broke the camel's back, uh, so to speak. I don't know why I come up with all these analogies or metaphors or whatever they it's are. It's all but, good. Um, I like that, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, I don't know where they're coming from, but uh, it really was the one thing that exposed. And ironically, 2020 was deemed the year of the nurse by the WHO, the World Health Organization. Yeah. And, of course, COVID hits, and it turned out to be like one of the worst years for nursing ever. Um, so there, there's a certain irony in that, but it was so bad that they repeated it the year of the nurse in 2021, which was no, not that much better. But uh, the interesting thing with it was that, you know, the nurses are the, the, um, the largest population in, in any hospital system. Right. Right. Uh, so when COVID hit, they canceled all elective surgeries, right? And anybody that didn't need to be in the hospital, they didn't want in the hospital. The problem with canceling elective surgeries is that that is the only thing that brings in money to a hospital mm. is elective surgeries. So now the hospitals don't have any money coming in. And the first thing that they do is cut out all the nurses. Cut the nurses, yeah. Right. Um, like, and, you know, you basically you feel like a commodity, right? So they didn't cut the neurosurgeons, despite the fact that they weren't doing surgery, and, you know, even my one neurosurgeon, he's one of my best friends, but he was complaining that he only got like a hundred thousand dollar bonus in 2020. And I was like, really, <laughs> you know, this wow. is what you're complaining about. <laughs> um, but, you know, so they cut the nurses and uh, they furloughed them. This is the first time I heard the word furlough. I didn't know what that meant until 2020. Uh, they furlough the nurses, and then there's other sections of the, the country or units that are deemed COVID units, and they just can't get enough nurses in there. Um, but, you know, a big portion of them are cut. So you're treated like a commodity, and you start acting like a commodity. Yeah. And I think that's where that whole, like, that's triggered something, uh, kind of like the blowing up at your attending. Right. Like, it's kind of like you can't just furlough me now. Furlough. I, I, I like that nurse. word now, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> furlough. Yeah. I actually had a nurse come live with me uh, because she got furloughed from her furloughed, job. She yeah. had a little girl and, um, you know, she didn't have anywhere to go. And yeah. She didn't have any family or friends around here. And I was that's like, rough. Oh, live in my house. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's nice crazy. of you. Very nice of you to do that, by the way. Well, <laughs> it seemed like the obvious thing to do. I mean, she yeah. needed a place to stay. Well, not many people will be willing to do that, especially these days. Yeah. Very thoughtful of you. And uh, what do you make of uh, those nurses during that time, by the way? The ones on TikTok when they were dancing around during the, the lockdowns, if you remember. I don't remember that because I honestly am uh, I'm like social media unsavvy. <laughs> That's probably for the best. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it seemed like a lot of nurses were were being sort of scrutinized, I guess, because they were sort of filming themselves dancing around. I, I mean, honestly, so I'll tell you this. Um, my my family, when we, we get together for family dinners, they would ask me um, how my day was. Yeah. And when I first started nursing, I would tell them what happened during my day. And they were so horrified that I stopped telling them, right? Because I work neurosurgery. Yeah. So I, you know, brain... Uh, 
oh it gets rough yeah. the wound brain coming out your ears you know that kind of stuff like nobody wanted to hear any of it and there is a very morbid sense of humor in the hospital system dealing with i mean i de- dealt with death every day yeah uh, so i mean yeah i mean did we do things that could be construed inappropriate sure yeah yeah but it was like you had you have to put up a wall like if i absorbed everybody's story right in the hospital i yeah, there's no way I could have. Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I know a lot of people that work in law enforcement and they're, they're the same way, you know, they they have this sort of really brash and morbid sense of humor. And, you know, that's probably why we're friends. <laughs> yeah. That's probably one of the reasons. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it, it's the only way that you can, can sort of, uh, yeah, muster up the strength to actually be there and sort of get through the day to day grind that right. i'm sure yeah. it is yeah actually one of the worst things that um because we got a lot of um quadriplegics you know you'd get an 18 year old who dives into a shallow Damn. pool and breaks his neck or something and you know that part not that that part doesn't bother me like i can take care of that patient but yeah. the worst part the worst was when the family would come in and bring all the pictures Ooh. of their like life and they would post them up and you know their whole storyboard Damn. Um, and it was, you get so emotional. All of a sudden you realize that this person in the bed that's now a quadriplegic had a life up until the moment where you took care of him. Yeah. Right? Uh, and it, it, that story starts to seep in and those were the most painful things. Yeah. So it, it definitely, um, it definitely gets to you then. Yeah, that does. If there's no pictures, then you can pretend like this, well, this is just the way they've always another, been. You know? Another body. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, things become suddenly very real yes, at that point. Absolutely. Have you ever had a trouble sleeping because of some of the things that you sort of witnessed here? Um, or nothing like that? No, yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember those types of stories. I remember the story of, uh, you know, the, the guy who had just retired and, you know, he'd worked his whole life and decided to go out skiing with his son. It was a big trip. And the first run down the ski slope, you know, he falls he breaks his neck and right. he ends up in our spine unit and uh you know it's things like that where i'm like not like oh you know thank god that's not me I, like i never projected in that but i thought that's a lesson that i want to take away that i'm not going to wait to do things until i retire because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow or right. this afternoon for that matter you, you know? might break your hip get into your car yeah <laughs> exactly yeah. lord going back to covid really quickly here were you sort of required to get vaccinated we were uh yes and i actually don't even work in the so my last um my last time in the hospital was august 2020 okay i was working or with the surgeons and i had to go in for the only thing they were doing emergency surgeries so you know i had to go in for the emergency surgeries and stuff yeah and then uh i just had this epiphany and I decided that I was going to move to Mexico for the year. And so that's what I did. Um, and I haven't been back to the hospital system since, Oh wow! but yeah, I do work academics. I do uh, teach a leadership program. And despite the fact that we were completely virtual, didn't go into the hospital, they mandated that if you wanted to keep your job, everybody had to get the vaccine, <laughs> which was a little obnoxious, but yeah, you know, at the time, I, yeah, you sort of had to. Yeah. Yes, it was the proverbial gun to the head sort of scenario for a lot of folks out there. Yeah, yeah. And now, like, I mean, I don't even know where my vaccine card is. Like, <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. 
It's gone now. It, it, it's out the window. And, you know, I had to turn down a few radio gigs out, actually, to be honest, because of the whole mandate. They And it, would, it was going to be remote, too, by the way, Catherine. And they wanted me to get jabbed. And I didn't want that. I didn't want to do that at all. I thought that was a pretty bad idea. Yeah, no, it, it it's, I mean, in retrospect, it seems really ridiculous. Uh, and, you know, I, I know there was such a huge push to get everybody vaccinated because everybody yeah. was so scared and, and this and that and the other thing. And now it's, you know, we're so far away from it or it feels like we're so far away from it. And now it seems ridiculous that you'd have to get a vaccine to do a remote show. <laughs> like, that's really silly. Yeah. Which is why I thought, yeah, that's, there's no way I'm going to do that. Right. But what and a I hassle. Mean, the, the public shaming of it too. I mean, it's, it's really horrific when you look back, like what happened in such a short span of like frantic frenzy, uh, you know, hysteria. Yeah. I mean, we could do a whole show on that to be honest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, um, I'm, I'm glad to know that you're not someone who is really trying to advocate the, the vaccine. No, I mean, I think, you know, you really have to, to look at it, make, you know, it'd be nice if we could all make informed decisions, but as so much was clouded. Like, I don't yeah. think anybody could make a real decision about it. It was more kind of like, either you do this or you lose your job. And, you know, I couldn't really afford to lose my job. I'm right. a single mom and, you know, it just, you know, yeah, you got to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to work. And that's, uh, you know, that's a lot of people out there, you know, that you got to work. You can't just sort of not get the jab at that, at that time, really, you didn't really have a choice. Uh, right. Now, nowadays you sort of do have that, that option, but oh. even now, even today, there's some places where you still must be vaccinated and, uh, that's kind of unfortunate and we're seeing all these younger folks out there having uh, heart attacks at a, such an early age. Lots of them were, in fact, uh, vaccinated. And, uh, you know, that's not normal for a young person to be dropping dead. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I'm not sure why that's such a bad thing to say when statistics are proving that sort of thing, uh, Katie. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they didn't want to talk about any of the adverse reactions. And, you know, I did interview a nurse on my podcast and, uh, you know, she said some stuff that almost sounded like it was crazy. You know, it sounded sure. really conspiracy-like, but yeah. at the same time, I'm like, you know, sometimes the truth is is <laughs> is crazier it's a little, than yeah. you can pick up. Um, I mean, she worked for an insurance company, and she said that they were told they were not allowed to report adverse events at all. Wow. So, yeah, um, you know, and I don't know how true or not true it is, but it's part of me absolutely believes that i might have to believe that i mean if it's if it's coming from a nurse that's in there as well um she probably knows a little bit more yes. in that, in that and, regard yeah so she was uh and she was actually forced to leave that job despite the fact again it was telehealth uh it was yeah. all online um remote um but she wasn't going to get vaccinated because she had done her research um and she knew her stuff and she didn't want to be vaccinated and Still to this day, you can't get a job as a nurse because of the because the of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean the whole the whole blood clot thing was really alarming as well. Some of these um, blood clots you see online are really terrifying. They even look like little greys, you know, the little alien. <laughs> do they? Some of them actually do. It's kind of weird. So What's think, I, I hopefully you know you don't develop anything like that, Katie. Well, I did actually have uh, I had a cardiac issue after my oh vaccine. shit. Yeah, <laughs> ended up in the hospital, and uh, it was, uh, you know, it was the day of the vaccine, and I've never, I mean, oh, I've, no. I have zero 
past medical history, like zero anything. And, uh, you know, I ended up going in, my heart rate was like in the thirties. Damn. And yeah, I, I was, and I'm not, again, like it takes a lot to get me riled up. I mean, you could cut my arm off and I'd be like, Oh, maybe I should go to the hospital. You know, that kind of thing. You seem very uh, cool <laughs> and calm to me. So yeah, I believe yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And having worked, uh, you know, in the hospital for so long, I just, you know, I just wow. don't panic or worry about yeah. anything like that. But that scared me. And, but the worst part was, was being in the hospital and they treat you like you're a freak, mm. you know, like, um, you know, okay, well, so, so why did you come in? And yeah. I'm like, well, my heart rate was, I was doing <laughs> measurements. I have apps for this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, my heart rate's in the twenties and thirties. Wow. Like it's freaking me out. Yeah. Um, but they're like, oh, you look fine to us. And I'm like, okay. But you know, and, and by that time, yeah, I was, my heart was racing and I was in the sixties, <laughs> uh, with my heart racing. Um, but it was really, really scary. And like, nobody wanted to talk about it. Like there was no acknowledgement of, yeah, I just got the vaccine today. Could this be related? I'm not saying it was. I mean, maybe it was a fluke thing, but it was awfully random. <laughs> I mean, probability. Yeah, the it, coincidence there. Yeah, is... so it makes me think for sure you were also a victim of the vaccine, Katie. Yeah, I think so. And when I, I went to a cardiologist uh, like a couple, like a week later, and you know, he did an echo, everything looked fine, and that was the thing. He's, you know, he at least acknowledged for me, so I didn't think it was absolutely crazy that there were indeed cardiac effects from uh, the vaccine. Well, I'm glad you went and got that looked at even further, and um, you know, hopefully, nothing else happens to you. Well, thank you. I hope, so. <laughs> I hope not too. I know. I know. Right. I mean, you want to hear that. <laughs> I'm, uh, I, you know, I'm praying for you, even though I don't pray. <laughs> yes. I'm not actually a religious uh, person. I'm much more, I guess you can say agnostic, but in this case, we are praying for you collectively, uh, Katie. Yeah. Well, I'm not a religious person, but I would say I'm very spiritual in that, you know, I, I, I believe in, you know, things happening. Um, and I don't really believe in coincidences all that much. I don't either uh, these days, especially in today's world. And uh, my goodness, um, are you actually required to get the, the booster or anything like that, um, Katie, by the way? Uh, not the booster. I was required to get the two, uh, the two shots, but uh, I haven't heard anything about the booster. Well, hopefully they don't make you take anything else, you know, just in case. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have to get the flu shot every year, which um, I also resent, but mm, <laughs> you know, the whatever. flu I shot. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's another thing. It's like, uh, is, is it even safe to be doing this at this point? I don't know. I mean, I believe in, in the body's immunity. Um, I mean, granted, like, you know, I got all my childhood immunizations. My son got all of his childhood. Me too. Yeah. Early yeah. on. And I, I definitely see the value in vaccinations and, and like you, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, I get vaccines. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I don't know. It, it's a I really think, strange, complicated um, yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, It's not black or white for me yeah. at all. I hear you. I think most of us are at that stage, even though there's some people that are just anti-everything. Right. Yeah. But I think, you know, the bigger point is, you know, we just have to be able to have like real conversations, right. uh, you know, about what it is that we're doing. Yes. And the, the whole phrase of sudden cardiac arrest uh, syndrome was kind of infuriating to me. 
Because, uh, you know, it's like they want us to pretend that that's what it is when it's not. I mean, we're always told to sort of lie and hold that lie and, of course, repeat the lie. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain narrative that, they, that you know, I'd say they, not knowing who they is, right. is or are, but, you know, that they want to keep us two, that you want to keep the same, that uh, the narrative of that explains everything yes. uh, is, is so important. That's how it goes, and we're seeing lots of nurses uh, angry about uh, the state decision to roll back the whole COVID-19 requirements. We're seeing, we saw a lot of that early on this year. To roll back the... Yeah, some of the, the, the masking requirements. Oh, right, right, right. And other things, yeah, we saw a lot of that going on, and um, it seems like they want to bring that all back again, by the way. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> at least out here in California, at least out here in California, they want to start doing that all over again. I see. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly, I, I remember when the masks first came out. You know, I wasn't really opposed to wearing them, um, but you know, like because in the OR, I mean, obviously we wear masks. Yeah, so you we wear them there. Contaminate people, right? right. <laughs> uh, they certainly work for that. Um, but sure. Yeah, I mean, at some level, we just need to. We need to like adjust to uh, if COVID nineteen exists. Um, you know, we need to adjust to it. It seems like we've built up some immunity to it, largely as a population. Right, right. I already had a uh, contracted it like three times already. Oh, <laughs> I never got it, and I I traveled all throughout COVID. Like like I said, I moved to Mexico with my son. And we stayed down there and, you know, we went to Africa and oh we traveled all over. It was great traveling during yeah. COVID because nobody else was traveling. Yeah, so it was, yeah, it was empty. Yeah. <laughs> my tickets Smart. to Mexico were like 200 bucks round trip. I oh, was, nice. I like, bought like 10 tickets, you know, just for the whole year coming back and forth. Very cool. I'm glad you had a great time out there. Yes. Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, it's beautiful out there. Yeah, my son actually went to school in Mexico uh, oh, okay. at a local little school, so it was one. He had we had a great time. Very nice. I'm glad he had a pretty good time as well. It sounds like. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. I'm glad your experience was a uh, good. Lots of people's other their experience was horrible. Mine was yeah. uh, as well. It was pretty decent, but not Mexico good. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, Very I hate cool. to say it, but like COVID was one of my best years. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people loved it, uh, to be honest. Uh, people that want to watch the world burn uh, loved it as well. But that's a whole yeah. other story. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yes. And uh, yes, uh, enough of the whole COVID sort of talk here. I just wanted to sort of see your your sort of thoughts and opinions on the matter and Seems like, again, you're cool, you're calm, you're collective, Katie. Um, you're not someone who's sort of a boring sort of type person. So we love that here. Great, thanks. Absolutely. And Katie, of course, you know, you were doing this show, this podcast. And when you were doing the show, obviously you were still being, you were like an active nurse at that point. Um, did at any point, did anyone from the higher ups uh, say anything to you uh, in regards to the podcast? You know what, uh, I, I, to be honest, I kept it on the down low because uh, I didn't want sure, sure. to be told that I couldn't do something, right? So, uh, you know, I kind of did it 
uh, sounds sneaky and I feel like, but I kind of did it like <laughs> yeah. in secret. Yeah. And it actually almost prevented the business from being started because I was afraid to tell anybody what I was doing because uh-huh. I didn't want to be told that I couldn't do it because it was some sort of weird conflict of interest with, with my job. Um, or, you know, that, I don't know what, whatever kind of crazy stuff they could come up with. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it, it, it took on a life of its own. So it gets hard to, to hide that kind of stuff. And, and now it's, I would imagine. Yeah. But I, I've always, my, this, and this is always terrible, but my chairman used to say it's better to be, uh, to be forgiven than to ask permission. Hey, I and, love that. Yes. That's one of my yeah. favorite sayings. Yes. <laughs> and I, I've lived, I've done a lot of things that way. Um, so if I, you know, oops, I didn't know I could do that type of thing. Um, <laughs> I love um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I have lived that way for better or worse. I wow. Guess. Yes. That is one of my um, favorite expressions to use. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission. Yes. And I, I, I do like that. And it's funny because like uh, we teach nurses now how to set up their own IV hydration businesses and they'll come back and they'll be like, the the lawyer said, I can't do this. And I'm like, did you say to the lawyer, can I start an IV hydration business? And they said, no. Uh, I'm like, that's the wrong question. You say, how can I start this IV hydration there you business? Go. <laughs> right? It's all the way, you know, the words come out of exactly. your mouth. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So they can't give you that kind of like, yes, no answer. And that's, I don't, I don't like that because if it's like, no, you can't do this. Well, now I have to make a decision. You know, am I going to defy this person or, uh, you know, just not do it? And I don't like the do nothing option. I hear you. I hear you. And of course, are you still actively doing the um, podcast today? Yes. Yes. Actually, I have a couple of podcast interviews tomorrow. So it comes out weekly um, and we have about 220 episodes at this point. And that's the Nurse Keith show, right? No, no, no. Uh, Nursepreneur's podcast. Oh, the ner- oh, right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that I was, was a- on Nurse Keith's podcast. The, yeah, you were on. Podcast a couple times. No wonder. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not the right show here. I'm like, who put that in here? <laughs> you probably heard me on the Nurse. Yeah, the I nurse think they Keith heard podcast. you on there. Yes. <laughs> um, who who is uh, Nurse Keith? Oh, he's great. Uh, he's he was actually one of my first podcast. Um, interviews because he's a nurse that's been around for like 20, 30 years. And he had started blogging before blogging was a thing and then started teaching nurses how to blog. And then he started his own radio show. And, you know, those are the kind of things that I really wanted to understand. I'm like, who starts a radio show? Like, I'm here, I'm talking to you, but, (laughs) you know, but that was such a foreign concept. That was so out of my like bubble of what I, I could do as a nurse, like, how, how do you do this? And that's, you know, kind of explored that. And, uh, you know, why did he think that he could do this and who told him he could do this? And, you know, I'm all big on the permission thing. And I see, you know, you know so, uh, and really going through those aspects with him. So he does career coaching for nurses and blogging and, and radio hosting. And he's amazing. Very nice. Well, yes, we will have to check out the nurse Keith show. <laughs> uh, eventually here and again you know you i wanted you to talk about a uh, nurse burnout for a second here yeah uh, i mean so again like to me um nurse burnout in it's not so much that we're 
tired and exhausted of nursing. Like that's not it at all. Like, I mean, I've done 12 hour shifts five days a week for, for years. Like I would go back and forth between night shift, day shift. I actually had a, uh, there was a point in time where I was doing a 12 hour shift uh, in Atlantic city or a 10 hour shift, drive up to, to Philadelphia and then do a night shift and then drive back down to Atlantic city, uh, which is a little crazy, but I loved it. Like there's, I couldn't work enough. Like if I could have lived at the hospital, I would have lived at the hospital. Uh, and there's a lot of nurses and doctors for that matter that are just like that. Um, so it's, it's not burnout in the sense that, you know, I'm exhausted from what I'm doing. The burnout came from, all right, um, what's next. And there is no what's next, you know, that's just, well, you're just going to have to keep doing this for the rest uh -huh. of your life. And, you know, and then all of a sudden you have this existential crisis of like, well, what is the point? You know, what is the point of this? Because the way the healthcare system is, is that we have this kind of like conveyor belt of, you know, like problems. So if somebody comes in, the first thing you want to do is figure out how to get them out. And then somebody comes in and get them out, come in, get them out. And it's the same problem over and over again. And for whatever reason, um, you know, there's there's not many solutions. So as nurses on the forefront, we see all the problems uh, we know what the problems are. One, nobody asks us what the problems are. Uh, so they try and solve them, but they don't solve them because they haven't asked us what the problem was or, you know, what's the best way to solve them. Uh, so they, they do these kind of like um, Band-Aid solutions that don't make sense because they're not talking to the right people. And two, if the nurses come and report the problems, then they're called you know, uh, whistleblowers, hmm. bitches, uh, you know, like whatever, like, you know, they get dismissed and it, it's very frustrating. And then after years of this, then you just, you stop bringing problems to the forefront. You stop caring and you start saying things like, well, that's just how we do it here. I mean, it might be stupid and ridiculous, but that's, you know, nobody cares. That's just how you do it. Um, and that's, that's a, a big part of the burnout is, you know, just being so frustrated that you can't make any changes and the other thing that I've, I've talked about a lot is the lack of, um, like, the impact that you have. I spent 20 years with neurosurgery, um, you know, blood, sweat, and tears for these, these surgeons. And, I mean, I, I doubt anybody could tell you who I am at that hospital at this point. Like, there's no legacy. I have left no imprint. There is nothing exists to suggest that I spent 20 years of my life hmm. uh, dedicated to that group. I see. And does something like that bother you? Yeah, it bothers me. <laughs> what was it all for? What, Do you like, want a uh, sort of like a statue there erected in, in your honor? Yeah. <laughs> a big yeah, well, Katie mean, Harris I, I statue. Want, yeah, but I mean, it, it would have been something if I had actually made or was able to enact some sort of change that made I see. healthcare and the system better right. in some way, shape, or form. But all I did was put out fires, and it was the same fire every day. It's kind right. of like... Right. I see. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. And, of course, a, a plaque wouldn't do either. I mean, to have your name up on the wall there, some corner on the left wing of the, of the hospital, uh, it's not going to be that meaningful to you, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's not that type of of recognition. I think that right. people are looking for. Like, what if right, uh, right. you know? What if you know? We 
we talked to Katie, who's been here for 20 years and knows what's going on and, and sort out this problem. What if Katie now becomes the manager or the director and, and you know, this, that and the other thing or, you know, CNO or, you know, some sort of trajectory, uh, a career path where I'm actually going somewhere other than running around in circles. Yeah, I understand for sure. And what advice do you have for aspiring nurses who are considering entering this sort of profession? Uh, well, I would say one, it's still a great career. It's a great profession. I definitely would, you know, I always tell, actually, I, one of my, um, my au pair uh, that helps me out with my son, I encouraged him to go into nursing. So he's actually in nursing school right now. So I do kind of push it um, as a, a wonderful career path. But I would, you know, put the caveat there that the hospital is not the only place to go. I mean, there yeah. are yeah. nurses that work on cruise ships, that work in Disney World, that work in NASCAR, that work with aliens, you know, like it's all over the place. Like you can do anything and you don't have to just stay in the hospital system. And, and right now the hospital system is basically imploding on itself anyway. So it's probably not the place you want to be. Right. I would say uh, that's a, a good line of, of work, no doubt. And not many men, uh, actually, as well in that profession. But nowadays, I'm sure we're seeing a lot of uh, guys entering the field, too, obviously. And, uh, yes, they need you um, elsewhere, away from the hospital. Yeah. No, I mean, the only reason you go into the hospital is for nursing care. I mean, that's literally the only reason. They could do outpatient surgery. Um, and more and more of that is moving to outpatient surgery. And one of the business models that we have is... It's called concierge nursing, and it's like basically hiring your own nurse to, you know, pick you up from surgery, take you home, stay with you, make sure that you're okay, um, and, and that kind of thing. And that's that is a line that we think is going to be very, very popular. You know, it is popular right now. Actually, the concierge nurse businesses that we have are doing extremely well. But it's, uh, I think that's the wave of the future. If you want to make a difference in healthcare, it's it's helping out in the community in the outpatient setting. And, of course, I wanted to sort of ask you this. Uh, we kind of maybe glossed over it for just one second here, but um, I asked you earlier if you were religious to, uh, to any extent, but obviously you're more on the spiritual side. And I'm wondering, Katie, do you believe in an afterlife at all? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure entirely um, what I believe in you know it's it's uh interesting because i've watched a lot of documentaries on like near-death experiences yeah. and um you know just energy and and you know i i love ancient aliens my favorite show um so yeah i i think something um happens like your with your consciousness i think it goes to another somewhere realm. else okay um but uh, I, I have no idea what it is. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could definitively tell everybody what happens next. But, you know, I, I can't not believe that something, there has to be something else that happens next. I need a next step. Like, <laughs> there has to be something next. Right. I, I agree. And uh, obviously you watch Ancient Aliens. Does that mean that you perhaps even believe in extraterrestrial life? Uh, oh, yeah, definitely definitely exist. I, you know, I, I don't think it's a question of whether it exists. It's like, what do we, how do we, what's the opportunity here? Right. Probability says most likely there is something out there. But yeah. I mean, there's more proof that there's something out there than there, you know, around aliens. And there is, 
you know, that our medical procedures actually work. Right. Yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Um, ancient origins that have been sort of uh, kept away from us, or just kept away from mainstream uh, news, or any of that uh, stuff that we you know grew up sort of learning about in history books. And I always wonder how history will remember these times that we've gone through, Katie. Yeah, um, I'm kind of actually embarrassed to even think what history might even re uh, sort of rewrite or tell about these times uh, that we sort of experience what lies will they tell yeah i and especially with um you know my brother had shown me like the ai a couple of years ago like how you know you can um you can write anything yeah. he has an app now where you know he's he sent it as a joke like with my brother-in-law saying something and you know you see it and you're like okay <laughs> you know like you can make an image say whatever you want it to say yeah. so yeah i mean that does get really scary technology is um pretty terrifying especially with what's going on right now you know you have people like uh, elon musk wanting to put this uh, chip into your brain you know that's pretty pretty creepy <laughs> but it, but fascinating yeah. though nonetheless right yeah no absolutely actually have you ever watched black mirror i have Yes. Yeah, I, I love that show, and you know the the future technology. It's fascinating. They, yeah. Yeah, and I love how he goes. They go through like the implications of the technology. And you know we're seeing it today. You know we're we're at the inception right now of man meshing with machine. Yes. You know that sort of thing um, is happening in real time, and it's not a sci-fi, but I mean it sounds pretty sci-fi, and eventually we will have our consciousness downloaded into a machine. This has been talked about for the last 20 years now, but it seems like every single day we're getting closer to that, Katie. And again, I I always sort of um, hesitate to say whether or not I would actually go with something like that in regards to, you know, fully meshing with machine, meaning living forever that sort of deal and some mm -hmm. people are talking about that right now as crazy as that sounds scientists believe that we can actually obtain that within the next five years yeah i mean at some level why not you know it's uh you know they can regenerate um hearts and livers and and all your your body or you know functions like why couldn't you just regenerate what you need right it sounds great in in theory, but, you know, I'm very skeptical to see how it all actually turns <laughs> out, you know. We'll see, though. We'll see. Yep. For better or worse, we for will see. For better or for worse. And, uh, Katie, you know, I, I enjoyed our talk here. I wish we could talk longer, but I know you don't have too much time here. Um, but, you know, I'd love for you to plug anything you'd like before we wrap it up here. And, of course, I'll leave you with the final word, anything that we didn't bring up that you felt was important, I, I definitely want to get that out of you here. I really enjoyed this. I, I love talking about uh, all of this stuff and, and nurses and, and the aliens and, as well. Absolutely. But, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, anybody that's, and I know there's millions of nurses out there, so anybody that knows a nurse or a nurse that's burnt out, like definitely send them to our website at nursepreneurs.com. But, you know, I've really enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. I had a great time. And uh, Katie, eventually we will bring you back on here and talk further about all kinds of things. 
Love it. Sounds great. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I'll see you on the other side, Katie. All right. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night. And there she goes, boys and girls. That was Katie Harris. I hope you enjoyed that one. And thank God, you know, I had no idea how it was going to turn out. And luckily, she was cool. She was calm. And she had a good time. What else can you ask for? I want to thank all of you out there for pressing play. And that will conclude today's interview. I hope you enjoyed that one, boys and girls. We are ready to close it up. And I will return very soon to all of you oh yes once again stay safe no matter where you are on this island earth i'm michael deacon and with that said the world is a mysterious place and life itself is a mystery until next time good night